This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, the man with the most audible mute button in podcasting, joined by Damon McDonald. Uh, it is Friday 30th of September 2022. This is episode 228. Damon, what's up? Uh, <laughs> well, look, uh, we had a little break, didn't we? We, uh, we had a little a conflict of schedules. Joel uh, was waiting patiently, and I was swimming in shit. <laughs> Notice how he said, ah, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> right, right off the open. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. Let's keep that one off the air. But no, no, you, you want to tell the story if you I do want to tell the story. Let's just start let tsunami known. into a poo. <laughs> oh, yeah, let it be known that uh, taking care of parents is never fun. Let's just put it that way. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. Um, hello. Hi. Welcome, everyone, to the superest of all super j casts as joel said my name is damon and uh boy oh boy did we watch some pro wrestling this uh past couple days didn't we joel <laughs> certainly did i watched some of it twice it's been a yeah. big week there's lots, lots going on in the news yeah wow look at you you're you're um uh, seems to me like you have a lot of free time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you watch what, what show you know, did you watch twice? About, uh, I, well, I watched the top three matches from the Kobe show twice because when I watched them the first time, a, anytime I watch a show live, there is just usually absolute chaos going on around True. me. <laughs> I have like an earbud in and watching it on my phone whilst I've got kids crawling over me, or you know, there'll be. Just, just general mayhem going on around. So usually it does require me to have a second watch to actually pay attention to what went on during the match. So there you go. I've done my homework. Ready to talk about all the wrestling that happened in the ring. Who right. pinned whom? Who's going to Wrestle Kingdom? All of that. Mm. Mm. We're chock full. Where do you want to start? I'm excited. Let's start with the Keiji Muto retirement road third match card. Ooh, okay. I, the, I, I heard this about is this one. The, the one in Ariake. So the, we've got Keiji Muto, Marafuji, and Inamura against the team of Togi Makabe, Tomaki Homba, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So here we have a bit of New Japan involvement in the seemingly never ending Keiji Muto retirement tour. They like doing that, don't they? They like doing those retirement tours. Anybody who ever goes out go, usually goes out with one of those. Even when they did it with Nakamura, and again, call it what you will, but they love doing that. I think it's cool. That's fine. Um, Is that match you're going to you're going to seek out that six man tag? Uh, yeah, I probably would. I don't know if I'm watching the whole entire show. That show the entire thing but yeah i would i would check it out look i'm not expecting it to be a fucking barn burner although you know not for nothing it, it, there, there's a couple people in there that might make it pretty fun i don't know yeah i'm kind of interested in kind of interested in it 
Yeah, any match involving Tom Mackey Honma, as I've said before on the podcast, I am there. He's the most compelling man in pro wrestling right now. So, yeah, I will check that out for sure. I mean, I, I'll be curious to see if, there, if, if that is it as far as New Japan involvement goes with Keiji Muto's retirement tour. I hope not. I would like to see a big match for him at Wrestle Kingdom, even though, you know, I know that's not going to be the final match. I think I've still kind of got my heart set on this great Muta versus great Okan match. Whether or not that happens, though, is another matter. Um, our next story in the news, free agent Juice Robinson ready for AEW Dynamite debut. So, uh, of course, if you watched Dynamite yesterday, you would have seen uh, Juice Robinson against John Moxley. And the quote from Juice, so this is an article... I believe it was first on Sports Illustrated. So the quote is, I'm no longer representing New Japan. And I want that to be clear, Robinson says. I've carried that New Japan flag for seven years. I've got no unfinished business there. I sang that song. I danced that dance. We've gone our separate ways. That's in the rearview mirror. Thoughts? Is he working us again? Well, I mean, isn't him joining Bullet Club kind of already saying that? Like he's not saying he's leaving New Japan. He's just not carrying the New Japan flag like he did previously, right? Or, or do, are you taking it as right? I've left the company. I don't know how to take it. Just everything that Juice does, I'm taking with an enormous pinch of salt now because we know he's tricked us before, which is great as he should do. So I'm not having a go at him here, but you know him saying all that and then coming out on Dynamite with his New Japan theme and his New Japan gear. You know, it's. Is <laughs> is not someone that I think. Oh, well, he's he's definitely left the company here. It's difficult to tell at this point. But it, I tell you what, it does make me wonder. Seeing his record in the G One, where he lost most of his matches, which I thought was quite a surprise. I thought he was in line for a big push after his US title involvement. So that that was the one thing that made me raise an eyebrow and think, huh? Has he pissed someone off, or is he, you know, is he on his way out? So I'm thinking more about the booking in the G One rather than. What's he said in this interview? Yeah, I mean, but look, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's not happy with that result. I don't think anybody would. But truth be told, how much stock are you putting into his record? Like, does anybody really? Like is anybody now hand waving juice because he's he had such a uh, again poor numerical showing? I don't know. I don't think people care enough about him to be honest with you. I I really don't. I don't know. It's the, the benchmark is that the man got fewer points than Ujiro. When mm. that happens, then, <laughs> then it's time mm. to start asking questions. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I saw that. I did see it, and I and again I took it as. Not necessarily that he was leaving the company, was that he's no longer, again, waving the, the New Japan banner, which, again, he was, you know, I, I think behind Tanahashi, I can't think of another person who was like, you know, baby face pro New Japan guy, you know, no, it was, it was him. So eh, I didn't, ta- I, I honestly, when I read it, I didn't take it as him winding up at, in fucking NXT again. That's fair enough. Uh, the last bit of news I wanted to tell you is there have been more cheering shows announced. So for the current Battle Autumn Tour, we have four dates that have cheering now. So October 16th in Niigata, 50% with cheering allowed by all fans. 
October 26th and 27th in Korakuen, 50% with special cheering sections. Uh, November 2nd in Ishikawa, that's 50% with cheering. And during the World Tag League Super Junior Tag League Tour, the opening show, so that November 21st and 22nd at Korakuen, they'll be cheering, again, 50%. All all the cheering shows are 50%. November 27th in Nagoya, November 30th in Shizuoka, December 5th in Saga, December 9th in Kochi, and December 10th in Uwajima. So we have quite a few cheering shows to look forward to. So hopefully a trend, a sign of things going back to quote-unquote normal. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always a positive, right? Nobody's, yes, we would love to have 100% cheering, but I think even those 50%ers cheering their heads off, yeah, I mean, they'll make plenty of noise. They're, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't, aren't, didn't they open the borders? Like, isn't it like free reign? Yes. Now? It is. Yeah, that's correct. All right. But there's still. Are you going to be flying over, Damon? No, I will not be. Um, will you? No, you <laughs> Actually, I, I say that. I, I have, to be honest, I don't have any interest in going over there for wrestling. There's got to be a show that I'm excited about for me to consider that. But Mally has been saying, oh, do you want to. A little cheeky holiday in Japan, so mm. I won't rule it out. I like this. A little romance, a little little love hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I want to wait until one. Um, I have a little bit more money. Two, I would want to wait until a lot of the, the, like, getting in the country is great, fantastic, I'm in. But I'm still kind of limited in what we can do, right? And what we can see and where we can go and how, like, I kind of want to be a little bit less restrictive before I start thinking about hopping on a plane and going there. Um, That being said, if somebody said, hey, here's, you know, free first class tickets, (laughs) let's go. I would probably go. I would probably go. So, Joe, if you want to pay first class tickets for me to go, I can meet you there. On your teacher's salary. Well, I, I think the listeners should be paying for both of our first class oh, tickets for us and our families. I agree. I, you know what? I agree with that one hundred percent. Let's uh, let's get the let's get our uh, OnlyFans page up. <laughs> get that rocking. <laughs> get some money. <laughs> get some money. Get the scaffold going. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, crack into some of the wrestling. Okay. So the first match I want to talk about, Damon, is seems a very long time ago this happened. This is a Sunday, September the 11th in Chiba. So the match is the Yuji Nagata 30th anniversary match. Great Okan defeating Yuji Nagata in 21 minutes, 41 seconds with the Eliminator. Did you catch this one? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I like this one a lot. This... Uh, Exceeded my expectations. Yeah, we got the sort of what we expected in terms of map based grappling and the submissions, and I can't get frustrated as he got outworked by the veteran hand Nagata and baiting him outside for turning it into more of a grimy brawl in the middle of the match. But uh, there were some pretty cool spots in it going down the stretch. So they're like a Nagata reversing the claw into the Nagata lock, and it really sort of kicked into gear down the end in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Like Nagata went into proper angry dad modes and he went all out. There were some big power moves that you could tell were really taking their toll on him physically. I mean, he looked knackered by the end of this match. And I really like the finish as well with Okan using the exploder suplex on Nagata, who no-sold it, got up all pissed, but then walked straight into the Dominator. So th- this was a match where 
you can tell that is absolutely slowing down, you know, compared to even singles matches that he did a year or two years ago. You know, he's probably not up to wrestling at this pace and intensity more than about twice a year. But if it's going to be a little annual treat like this, this is the, the perfect kind of spot, perfect kind of opponent for him. Um, I mean, most of it was nothing spectacular. It's just rock solid, old school wrestling between, uh, I would say, two larger than life characters. Bit of a throwback, a lot of fun. And yeah, it was over delivered for me. I think okay. that's a guy what I like Eugene Agatha would have been well within his right to, to be like, you know, okay, man, let's just do a bit of grappling, exchange a few kicks, nag it a lot, let's get out of here. But I thought he really pushed himself. He put on a great show here. And that's why we celebrate a guy like Eugene Nagata. And and also, you know, something we might take for granted in New Japan, but the fact that Okan won the match, spoiled the party for Nagata. You know, how many other companies would have just gone for the feel-good win for Nagata? But yeah. not in New Japan, you know. They, they could have put him against someone who he could have beaten without people raising an eyebrow. But no, they use the opportunity to give Great Okan some shine. They're always thinking about what's next. So I enjoyed it a lot. little ceremony at the end, all the Hontai dads and geeks and losers. There were some nice tributes from other legends. So uh, even though Nagata didn't win the match, it was a, a nice moment to take time and celebrate the career of Yuji Nagata. I liked, I liked what you're saying because I was curious what you thought because I, I seem to remember you uh, being a little bit down and a little worried that he would be able to deliver. Now, again, you're right. Has has Are, are we sliding down the mountain? Of course. Of course we are. But a guy who has made, you know, <laughs> more than a name for himself, he didn't have to do what he did. And yet, as a pro, as one, as a match that you could tell was important to him. Um, and, and I do like the fact that New Japan doesn't always do the feel-good thing. I I thoroughly enjoy that. In fact, I would go so far as to say sometimes they go a little bit overboard with that. It, you know, it's just they, it doesn't seem to happen. Um, you know, the old age catches up with them. Uh, I thought Okan was outstanding. I thought I, I were you surprised at how long it went? I was I was I was surprised at the the what was it? Almost 30 minutes? Yeah, and likewise, that's just, you know, not the kind of leather match Yuji Nagata's used to going these days. So the fact that he was, I mean, you see what I mean? He was like bright red in the face. He was sucking air. Like that, that was a big, a big strain for him, I think, doing a match that long. Yeah. Oh, he felt it in the fucking morning. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I was surprised with that. That was like, it's, I was I, like, Cheryl was like, "All right, you know, uh, let me know when you're done. We'll we'll go get something to eat, whatever." Right? And I was like, "Yep, yeah, you know, ten fifteen minutes." <laughs> She's like, "Is this fucking match still on?" I was like, "Yes, I can't help it. I don't know either." Um, yes, that that to me that was a. I wish they would have went shorter. They could have shaved off a bit of time there, don't you think? No, I think no? I mean it was the main event of the show. It was oh, a celebration for his 30th anniversary. It didn't go 30 minutes. I can't remember how long it went. Let me check. It was like 25 um, minutes, 26 minutes, right? Was it? 20, 21. All right, 21. I think that's fine. Ah, 21 right, minutes right. is fine. Eh, they still could have shaved a little bit off. 
felt like a half an hour. How about that? <laughs> it didn't. It, honestly, right, well, let's, it's a good match. Let's talk, let's talk about another match that you probably oh, felt no. went about two hours. So <laughs> this is Friday, September 23rd in Kagawa. So the semi-main event of this match was the Never Overweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship Tornado Dog Cage Survivor Match with Evil Show and Yujiro defeating Goto, Yoshihashi and Yo to win the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Back where they belong, Damon. Now, <laughs> I had a whole little review planned out here because I assume you weren't going to watch it, but you did watch it. <laughs> so I'm going to hand over to you first. What, what did you think of the match? Okay. So here, I, I'm going to try not to be super negative, right? And I'm going to try to put this in perspective. One, having House of Torture hold these titles is the best thing that could happen to us as fans. No doubt about it. Right. Just the, right. There, they are there. That's their thing. And that could be third match, fourth match, what have you. Um, overall, overall, the match wasn't horrible, but I'm like, do you know that spot that House of Torture does? And and I, I needed to make a special point of it where they, you know, they have a guy positioned where, it, you know, it could be a, a pile driver, right? So the the heads between the legs and if they grab them by the waist. But instead they, they do that simultaneous like beat on the back. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I swear to God. That's the, that's the chaos spot. That's not the House of Torture spot. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, did I say I'm, you're right? You're right. That is a chaos spot. My bad. Yes. I hate that spot. I fucking hate that spot. I loathe that spot. I've seen House of Torture do that too, though. But yes, that is a chaos spot. They, they might have been doing it just to riff off the chaos thing. But I mean, chaos do goofy. I mean, they did the whole sushi my hi thing. Like they they do dopey <sighs> things. They're, they're just a bunch of big silly boys. Look, I know in the history of New Japan that... We've had moments where you're left scratching your head. And a lot of times those moments were higher up in the card, right? I mean, again, this is, this is a promotion that, you know, had China, <laughs> you know, um, and had, uh, you know, the machines and shit, you know, stuff that just fucking, I don't know, didn't hit the mark with me. Um, it was, this was low on the card. It wasn't, it, look, it was an important match. And in the overall grand scheme of things, it's, while I'm not the biggest fan of nonsense gimmick matches, it wasn't terrible. Do you think it was terrible? No, I liked it. Like, really? I'm the resident House of Torture defender. I think this is exactly the right spot for them. And this was exactly the sort of wacky shenanigans I was expecting. I'd, <laughs> I'd written that whole sort of play-by-play review because I... Well, I mean, I, you know what? I'll go through it because other people might have skipped it. There's, I'm sure we've got plenty of listeners. So you know, there's a lot of rule confusion at this. Actually, no, I'm not going to go through play-by-play. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know what, what to expect. There are dog cages. Uh, there was House of Torture involved. Just a lot of silliness. And I thought they laid it out in an interesting way to put emphasis on Yo, 
because they did that early on in the match where Goto and Yoshihashi got locked in the cage. So it was Yo fighting off all three or four, if you want to include Dick Togo, House of Torch guys at once. And then at the end of the match, everyone was locked away apart from Evil and Yo. So it basically turned into an interesting little singles match between Evil and Yo. And Evil winning it, uh, quote unquote, clean right. against Yo, which he should because Yo's a junior and Evil is uh, supposed to be a serious heavyweight. But I thought it was interesting that they use this match to put a bit of shine on Yo, who I think has been trying really hard recently and tried really hard in this match as well to show a bit more energy and passion and charisma. So I suppose that would be my big takeaway. Like when this, it's a never six man dog cage match. I mean, it's going to be dopey. This is this you get what you expect here, but I wanted to ask you about Yo. Did he, what sort of impression did he make on you? I'm not. I'm not a huge fan, Joel. Um, I don't. Uh, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with the way that they constructed the match to eliminate Goto and Yoshihashi, um, get them out of the mix, and then you're right. It did kind of turn into a a singles match at that point, and did put a focus on both those guys. Um, I think this does fall into what we were talking about a few weeks ago, in the sense of. It didn't really feel like it made much sense to have Yoshihashi and Yo and Goto be the people to drive out House of Torture. Um, I have no problem, zero problem with a singles feud. Uh, it gives both guys something to do. Um, and now even with the Never Six Man, you know, even more preoccupation, not being at the top of a show, uh, uh, an, an important show. Um I got I got no problem with with him getting that spot. Like, here's the thing: uh, Do you want to see Yoshihashi in that role again? Do you want to see Goto in that role again? No. Like they're given it, it does feel a little bit fresh. Yeah, they've, you know? they've done that. They've had their time with those six man belts. I think having them on House of Torture is the right move at this point. Now, again, being a junior, do you think what do you think plays into that? Do you think he moves up? Do you think he's moving up or? Do you think even the feud continues? Like, do you think there would be a singles feud? For Yo, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he moves up, no. I think so this there is could a- be more done with him to to make more of an effort to push him as a more of a serious singles wrestler in the junior division, which okay. feels a bit stale at the moment as far as the sort of domestic, the, the Japanese talent goes. But yeah, I think they could be doing more with him. He's definitely got unfinished business in the junior division. And I think he makes a good challenger too, to a certain degree. Like he he could be fed to whoever is a champ um, and know that he can easily take a pinfall and it, and it be somewhat, even though his track record hasn't been tremendous. Um, I don't know. I, I Like he always is maybe the one guy on the, in that entire roster that I, I just don't know what to do with. Like, like you, like you wouldn't go so far as to give him the title. Would you personally? No. I, no, again, this might be one of the things where there's just sort of like a, a cultural disconnect where he might be over with the Japanese fans, but, it's just not connecting with the Western fans. I mean, that's happened with plenty of wrestlers in the past, but um, no, I don't think he's ready to be junior champion though. Yeah. 
I, th- I think there's many different options other than him. He's uh, he he's one of the biggest disappointments on that roster. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think for the pair of them, and I like Show. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying him as this sort of goofy mid-card heel thing that he's doing at the moment with House of Torture. But when they re-debuted in, what was it, late 2017, if you told me, fast forward five years, this is the spot that both of them were going to be in, I think a lot of people would be going, huh, really, that's it? Right. It just doesn't, I don't know. I feel like they don't know what to do with them. Like they're at a loss to find a to find a spot that would fit him. Um and I've said it a thousand times. I know you like the goofy faces, but I would have preferred Yo in that role. I really would. Like if like him being the heel and him being in the house of two, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I I said that a lot before they split that I thought Yo had more upside as a heel. And you know, maybe they 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 can go down that road in the future. They can. I think that I think that's honestly I think that's that's the next step. Like because I can't think of anything to do with him that would be remotely interesting in juniors. Like I just don't. Like I the the only thing that he we can do with him in my eyes is he turns heel or uh he puts on weight and decides to be a heavy. Cause what are you gonna do? You wanna make him tag champs again? You're not gonna get I say you're not going to give him the title, but they could very well give him the title. But okay, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I just think he's he is one guy on that roster that I just can't put my fucking finger on it, and it's a shame because I because you're right. Going into it, I would have I would have bet the house that he. I mean, I remember talking about him. Oh, he'll be headlining the fucking dome in five years. He ain't headlining shit right now, <laughs> right? I, I, don't know. I never said that. I, I never said anything I like said that. that. That's an absurd take. <laughs> really? Before, bef- before they came back, like when they were on excursion, when they were temporary boys, uh, I know I've said it. I, I know I've said it. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like a bit of a fool now. A fool to be saying that. No, I, I definitely remember saying it. Well, let's put all that nastiness behind us, Damon, and talk about the show Burning Spirit in Kobe World Hall. Mm. This was an interesting one. Let's go from the top down. Let's talk about the main event, the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. Will Ospreay defeating David Finley. 28 minutes, 22 seconds with a Stormbreaker, so Ospreay retaining the United States Championship. I I don't do this often, Damon. I'm ready to take an L as far as David Finley is concerned because I had it written off. I was like, no, this guy's washed, he's, he's finished, he's done with New Japan, he's not going to do anything significant here, he's on his way out, he's going back to the Fed, and I did enjoy the little touch of Will Ospreay doing a pedigree on him, which I'm sure was a little nod to that, but I thought this was fantastic. Not only that, I think David Finley is having his best ever year, and he is finally coming very close, I think, to fulfilling the promise that I think he showed as a youth. Where, where are you on the match, and David Finley as a whole? Well, once again, Will Ospreay has shown that he – I don't care who you put in a fucking ring with him. You you are 
I don't want to say guaranteed because we're not guaranteed anything. But like, if I'm a betting man, I'm 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 putting some money on it being a a, a really good match. This was a really oh, yeah. good. Uh, match. He's he's wrestler of the year. He for me, he's ahead of Okada now. <sighs> he's had, and I could be dead wrong on this. Wouldn't be the first time, but it feels like he's had more opportunities, even ar- around the globe, um, to showcase himself than Okada. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see how how he. Listen, he's he's in the three. He's absolutely in the mix. Right now, he would get my vote. Um. And you're right, David Finley is and has had a very good year, right? He's had a good year. Uh, he seems he seems more interesting. He seems more competitive. He seems more alive. He seems more... Uh, he's, 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 he's breaking out. And again... There's, I, I'm hard pressed to go through that roster and, and and name a guy who can't, when tapped on the shoulder, deliver. But it's it's actually really nice to see um, a guy that a lot of people have written off, and I think you know you're 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 taking the L here, and I'll take an L for this one as well. A lot of people wrote him off. Um, I'm not saying he's, you know, Mount Rushmore here. But he's had a he's had a like again. It's it's almost October. We do have to start considering awards. They have to be there. You know, you got to start thinking now. Most improved. I think so. I think he's certainly in the conversation. I mean, I'm just going to sort of pull up here what his best matches are. Um, well, according to the cage match inmates. Three of his best four matches ever have happened this year. So this Osprey match, the Osprey match in the G1, and the Juice match in the G1, which I also thought was fantastic. And then the the other one that's in the top three from 2021 was the Will Osprey match during the New Japan Cup. So I think worth calling here that... Exactly. Three of his top four matches against Osprey. So Osprey working his absolute socks off to make David Finney look like a star. And again... I, I. we throw flowers at Osprey for that. I think not a lot of other people do that. This guy will just break his back to make other people look good week in and week out. It doesn't matter who he's wrestling, whoever he's there against, he wants them to make look look, look like absolute killers. And that's what Finley looked like in this match. He was really sort of tapping into the, you know, the viciousness of his father. Uh, and I thought commentary did a really good job as well, sort of playing up that story about differences between him and Fit Finley. But it's just, he's like a changed man this year. I like the nastiness. I like him smashing Osprey's fingers with a shillelagh and him, uh, the spot where the tables didn't break and then he just picks them up and just power bombs him straight through them. Great way to recover from the, the tables not breaking. So he's just really showing that intensity and just ferocity and passion for wrestling in the New Japan ring that had up to this point been lacking. It just looks like he's fighting tooth and nail for a spot in the company. So, yeah, I think he's absolutely in the conversation for most improved this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, he would be on my short list. Um, and, and the one thing that really stands out to me, and again, New Japan 
you have to give some responsibility and credit for. Um, he he feels competitive. Like you're watching that match, and it's not like ah, there's no fucking way this guy could win. Ah, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel that way. And when was the last time you could say that about David Finley? Like he felt competitive. Um, and again, some of that look. His best matches, he's in the ring with Will Ospreay. Now, if he could pull something like that off with fucking, I don't know, pick a guy, Ujiro, or I don't know, uh, you know, somebody that might be a little bit more of a challenge, um, you know, that that might kind of speak to where he is as, as a pro wrestler. But not for nothing, this has been his best year, and many people wrote him off. So, yeah. I think he gets he he'll be on my list. That's for sure. Okay, so the semi-main event was a never open weight championship match with bright lights. Machine Gun Carl Anderson oh. successfully defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Thirteen minutes thirty-seven seconds by gun stun. Damon, how are we feeling about Machine Gun Carl Anderson's singles run and run as a never open weight champion so far? Uh this was, I think this, like, people are worried about, you know, also torture and shit like that. And when you, when you got this in your, on your screen, I don't know, I don't know, like, like dog cage matches with House of Torture seem like fucking Flair Steamboat to me, <laughs> as opposed to just, Unbelievably boring Carl Anderson. I I don't I, I can't does anyone think that this title reign is is a success or even a I, I, I I'm I'm left scratching my head as to why th- th- we're doing this with him. Um the never open weight title is one of those things that, you know, throughout the hit, its history has gone up and it's gone down and it's gone up and it's gone down. And right now it's at a low point. Absolutely. It's at a low point. No, no question about it. And this is not Carl Anderson of G one finals, six, seven year, whatever, 10 years, whatever the fuck that was like, this is a different Carl Anderson and it's not a good one. Um, I, I'm not, look, I'm not saying this was a bad match, but when I'm fucking hitting the fast forward button on, on a match that has Hiroshi Tanahashi in it, you know, something's not right. Um, that's, that's the best I could say. Like, that's the best I could say. Like, Again, you can't you can't stop Father Time, and he's not the same guy. But man, I don't know. I I I, I was I was truly disappointed when he got the win. I was truly disappointed because it's I I just don't want to see him anymore. Yeah, I mean, a guy his whole gimmick is he can only be bothered to try sometimes when there's a big match. And if this is 
him at maximum effort, Jesus Christ. I right. mean, I thought he was at least going to put on his working boots for this, you know, big singles event, semi-main event of a fairly big show against one of the best wrestlers in the world, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And it was just aggressively mid. Yep. And it just upsets me that there are so many hungry, talented singles wrestlers in this company that could take that belt and run with it and make something of it. And we've put it on Carl Anderson for what? I mean, do they feel that he's got some sort of name value? Do they feel that he's a star? Is it, Are we keeping it on him until Wrestle Kingdom? Is this you know, supposed to be the sort of, hey, let's have the belt on him because we might attract more Western fans. Because if it is, I think it's a serious miscalculation. And just, it was just a nothing match. There's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah, that is a serious miscalculation. Like he has, he has, I got to give him credit because he has worked that fucking office <laughs> to, to, to give him a paycheck uh, for, seriously, he had the fucking balls to to accept money for that performance like that's crazy to me uh and again still holds on to the title um yeah mid is is a is is the term yep perfect a a thousand percent and you know what maybe he's the smartest guy in the fucking room you know he's he's getting the money and he's certainly not breaking a sweat doing it Got good on him. Go do your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, massive respect to him for, for pulling off this hustle. Yeah. It's, it's the blame. The blame I'm putting on New Japan for allowing this to happen. Yeah, uh, no blame on Carl Anderson. This is what Carl Anderson is. I'm not. You know how many times have I said it? Don't ever talk to me about that fucking G1 final in 2012 because that may as well be 50 years ago for all I care. This is, that is a different person to the Carl Anderson we've got now. He is never going to replicate anything half as good as that match. And if he does, I will come on the air and take a massive out of it and, and apologize <laughs> uh, publicly to Carl Anderson. But I just don't think that's what we're getting from him now. Will you shave your head? I can't come on. do that without asking for permission of my wife. She, <laughs> she owns my hair. Let me tell you something. You have a full head of hair. I think it'll grow back like in a fucking weekend. You kidding me? Look, I, I don't want to go into work one day with a shaved head and people say, what, what have you shaved your head for, Joel? And I say it's because of Machine Gun Carl Anderson. <laughs> that would be, you know what? I would love that. Come on. You, you, all right, listen. We got we to gotta make this a, a juicy bet. Got to make this something juicy. How about this? If Carl Anderson in, are, are we saying... Up until January 4th, like January 5th is a cutoff. How's that? If he gives you a stellar performance, again, uh, not to throw around stars, but let's go in the four range. You have right, to. No, come on. My, right, my, my exact quote was it's got it, better than the, those, well, let's say the peak 2012, 2013. So. According to Cage Match, so the Tanahashi match he had in 2013, that's 9.04 on Cage Match. Mm-hmm. The Okada match, 8.78. So, you know, either of those, if he manages to exceed match or exceed either of those scores, yeah, so he, he needs to get above 8.78 okay. from Cage Match inmates for me to accept. <laughs> Our listeners spamming point. it. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, you don't have to shake your head, but you have to buy a Carl Anderson t shirt. And wear it 
around town. Deal. Okay. I will take videos of myself out in public wearing a Carl Anderson t-shirt. Love it. And it's got to be like the worst one. Like, like we got to find the worst because <laughs> I'm sure all of them stink. Yeah. Let the listeners pick. Yeah. The listener has, yeah, the listeners will pick. The listeners will pick. You have until the 5th of January, Carl, to deliver a over four-star match while whilst defending the Never Openweight Championship. If you can do that, Joel will purchase a t-shirt from probably Pro Wrestling Tees and wear it proudly, picked by our miserable, degenerate listeners. <laughs> you are fucked. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm excited, actually. I, I I would welcome defeat in this case just to see a good Carl Anderson match, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take the T-shirt L for that. Um, so, of course, after the match, we had the angle with Hikuleo coming out, and it looks like he's going to attack Tamatonga, but he doesn't. Eventually, he turns on JY, and he has joined with his brothers in GOD. So what did you think? Well, I will say, first of all, Listeners who've been paying close attention to Strong would have known that this was coming because they've been teasing this for a while. Oh. But what did you think of the execution of the turn and how do you feel about Hikuleo's big face turn here? Um, the old uh, stare down and then turn. Yeah. Um, I thought it was executed okay. Like it, it did, to me, it felt telegraphed. Like it just felt like it was, they, they, they wrote it in the sky that he was turning. Um, Correct. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Um, I, I, I do like it in the sense it, it like it, I don't know. It makes sense. Right. I mean, blood is thicker than water. Uh, and, and there, there is a possibility of him working with some decent people to further improve. I'm all for that. I'm, I am all for that. Um, I, I'm, I, I, th- again, I think he's, I, I've seen him live a couple of times and he's a monster, an absolute fucking monster. Uh, if he could put it together, you know, if he could put it together and be like a true big man and work big man style, I think he could be great. Uh, and I think this is kind of, I don't want to say first step, but this is another step in that chapter, I think. Uh, and it just makes sense. And it would be weird to not have him aligned with his family. Um, but I, yeah, I did think the execution was a little bit like, oh, okay, we get it. <laughs> we can see this a mile away. Yes. Uh, I would be interested to see how he works now as a baby face, this is going to dramatically change the structure of his matches. And I think he's been good recently. I think he's been slowly improving uh, for someone like me. who has been watching him on strong over the past two years. You can definitely see uh, that, tr- that the, you know, the uh, trademark snap and crispness of his work is there now. Um, so another angle to consider here, Damon, a question from Imring Artist says, do you think the Hikaleo turn was done because Tangaloa's injury is long-term? So do you think this is, a move made with a view to having a Tamatonga Hikuleo team in World Tag League. I won't be surprised. Yeah, I won't be surprised. I think Tangaloa is on the shelf, isn't he? Like he's still hurt. Uh, yeah, it's a shoulder injury. I think he's been out with that for a while. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean that that does make perfect sense. Mm. A reformed, a, a new and improved God. Hmm. I'd be all right with that. I'd be all right with that. Although I do like Tamatanga as a single. I like him more now than I ever have. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. And again, I think just would there be a change in style or would there be? Oh, just I think there's. I think so. I think there 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 usually is some type of a of a change, and I think that's part of the growing process for him to be a better pro wrestler. So I'm all for it. I'm I'm, I'm totally okay with with what was done. How it was done was just kind of again telegraphed. Lou says, how would you feel about an all Samoan faction, seeing as how Hikolo turned on Jay White and Bullet Club? I know WWE has the bloodline, but has New Japan ever had an all Samoan faction? And Wrestling Dads 101 says, name the new faction of Tama and his brothers. I mean, this this can all fall under the umbrella of Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, I don't think I necessarily like the idea of piling all the Samoan guys together. Um, are there any Samoan wrestlers in New Japan? I mean, the G.O.D., they're Tongan, right? And Fale. Fale is from New Zealand, right? But he is... I'm not 100% certain. Um, I don't know if Luis meant an all-Tongan faction. But again, my point was going to be, I don't necessarily like the idea of just lumping a bunch of people in the same faction because they all come from the same place. I agree. Uh, I like having a bit of variety. I think that's one of the cool things about United Empire, how there's like an interesting mix of different nationalities in there you know we've got some brits some australians uh new zealand's we've got a japanese guy we've got uh, an italian in there we've got filipinos I, I think that's more interesting than just saying okay these guys are all tonga let's all put them in together right. i mean of course i think it makes sense for uh tamatonga tangaloa and hikolo to be together just because of the family connection not necessarily where they're from but uh I, you know i think it would be quite jarring if they just suddenly decided to put Farley with them for right. <laughs> for no particular reason, right? And who and who would want that anyway? <laughs> not for nothing, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that either. So yeah, we're on the same page. Okay, the seventh match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions Francesco Akira and TJP successfully defending against Master Huato and Ryusuke Taguchi doing his uh, Chono impression. In 12 minutes, 43 seconds, uh, Akira pinned Taguchi after the leaning tower. And, you know, for a 12, this is exactly what I want from a 12-minute junior tag title match. I think Akira and TJP are great champions. They've been a breath of fresh air for the division. Glad that they retained. And I was doubting that for a second because this was Watto's hometown, if I'm not mistaken. So I thought they might be tempted to change. But I'm glad that they didn't. I'm enjoying this reign with the United Empire team. I hope it continues. It should go all the way to Wrestle Kingdom, in my opinion. I don't really know who the next challengers could be. So I guess we'll have an eye towards Super Junior Tag League for that. I think, I don't know if I'm speculating, maybe some outsider teams might be involved. Maybe something like... Chris Bay and Ace Austin would be cool. That would be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, maybe someone from AW. I don't know. But I like this match. This was good. It was high paced. There were some cool creative spots. I always appreciate a tag match where I can tell the teams have put in effort to come up with some interesting and unique tag moves together rather than just looking like two singles wrestlers who've been paired together at random. And I thought both teams did this really well. I've noticed that uh, 
improvement in the synergy between Wata and Taguchi. So even though they lost, I do hope they stick around as a team because I think they're a good tag team in the division. And yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, I like... I like... Uh, 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 yes, I love the fact that um, United Empire retained. I think they are a breath of fresh air. Um, I do think that Watto and Taguchi should stay together. And and the reason being is more for Master Watto uh, than anything else. Like, I just feel like he works like I, th- I think he's more comfortable in a tag i think tag team environments help cover up flaws um i think the longer you give him in the ring the more opportunity he has to slip up and not necessarily deliver but he's able to do i'm not going to sit here and say simple shit because that's that's not it it's do his shit and then get the fuck out right um and with, with, like, I don't worry as much as I do with him as a singles. Um, and again, one day he's going to have to be a single. Like, he's not going to be with fucking Taguchi forever. But I don't know if I'm ready to to wipe the slate clean with Watto outside of of that tag environment. Um, and again, the, the good news is, is that you got, you know, the junior tag tournament coming up, right? So, you know, why not keep them together, right? I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be together for at least, you know, the end of this year. Yeah, agreed. So I think we're not exactly, um, the, the shelves are not exactly overflowing with junior tag teams in New Japan. So I'm going to be very interested to see what that lineup for the Super Junior Tag League looks like because. I'm sort of scratching my head to think of teams uh, at the moment. So, yeah, definitely keep them together. I think they're a, a useful sort of mid-card act to have around. Uh, as far as the rest of this card goes, I don't think there was anything really worth writing home about. I thought the fourth match was good. This was the Taichi and Zack against Sanada and Naito match. I particularly enjoyed the chemistry between Taichi and Sanada. That's a lot of fun. And the finish with the pantaloons over the heads ghetto clutch push-up pin that Taichi was doing. I thought that was very funny. Uh, thought also it was interesting the third match we had Khan on the cob, Khan and Jeff Cobb getting a nice easy win over Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley. So I don't know if they're setting themselves up for future heavyweight tag team challenges. Uh, and that could be Aussie Open. We'll be talking about that shortly when we look at Royal Quest. Yano and Doc Gallows having a three-minute oh, double count out. Count out. <laughs> a fucking count out. Whew, God, I'm sorry. No, and and I will say this: those I, I, the the one thing about the the first three matches, four matches, they all started exactly the same. Didn't they? Didn't they all start with like a before the bell beat down? I think every match did. Yeah, probably. I mean, it all sort <laughs> yeah, of blurred into one, and yeah. until we got to those tag the, the two on two tag matches, it was just a whole lot of nothing. Five it was minutes. fine. I mean, it was it was breezy. They they flew past it. Whatever. Five minutes of Doc Gallows and Yano, and they do a count out. <laughs> he was squirting. Yano squirted on him. <laughs> Yano must be a listener of the Jacobs. He must be. He really must be. Um. Look, 
I, uh, is it a package Dark deal? This, this is piss. This is just piss. <laughs> <laughs> this is not any other fluids besides. This comes from the bladder. I know. Um, he gets it all on his beard. Um, is, is it? Okay. Okay. Actually, while we're on the topic. Okay. Hot take. This is something uh, Gary Kidney actually says. Oh. I agree with it. Luke Gallows better than Carl Anderson. <sighs> At this point in time. No. I would say Gallows is putting really? more effort. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I, I, can't, I can't even go that far. I can't even go that far. You think, do you honestly think Doc Gallows put in the same spot as Carl Anderson would deliver equal or better than that performance? Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. I genuinely believe that. If you put if you put Doc Gallows Hiroshi Tanahashi singles match, it would have been better than what we got. <clears throat> wow. God damn. I I I I I I cannot commit to that. Cannot commit to that. I'm I'm just flabbergasted that they have to come together. <laughs> like, can Carl Anderson just go by himself? Like he has, like if there's Carl Anderson, there's gotta be like, it's like, it's like doc, like Carl Anderson doesn't have a fucking driver's license. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he can't, <laughs> he has to get to the arena somehow. So doc Gallows drives him. So he's gotta be on the card. He's the fucking metal maniac of, 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 uh, new Japan. And, and listen, there's not many people that are going to get that fucking joke. I don't give a shit. He's the metal maniac. And the, for the people who know, they know. All right. Well, uh, looking ahead, we have Declaration of Power coming up at uh, Sumo Hall on October 10th. We have four matches announced so far. So we have a KOPW provisional match. Who's your daddy match between Shingo and El Phantasmo? So a regular match, but whoever loses has to acknowledge the other person as his daddy. Sexually? We have a, a spe- <laughs> Yes, of course. Uh, we have a special singles match between Taiji Ishimori and Kushida. So this is one that I thought was a bit odd, that this is not, as of yet, a junior heavyweight title defense why this is just a special singles match ishimori has refused to defend the title against kushida he says kushida hasn't earned it i mean of course that might change you know we might get something in the build-up where uh kushida manages to pin ishimori in a tag match or whatever but as it is listed at the moment and according to the storyline it's just a special singles match so read into that what you will um five matches actually sorry i was mistaken we've got the ren narita comeback match the opponent will be announced at a later date the World Heavyweight Championship match, uh, Tamatonga challenging Jay White, and a special singles match between Okada and Jonah. So, any thoughts on this? Any early guesses on the Rendari to comeback opponent? Um, We're going to do Shibata again? Let him get the win ooh. back over Katsuyori? No, now you're talking. That kind of forbidden door, and then you don't see him. <laughs> He's a full-time wrestler now, Joel. I don't know if you know that. Oh, boy. Yeah, came back at Wrestle Kingdom. That's <laughs> yeah. it. He's on, on the road now. Yep. And now Working he's uh, Marty Van Tanks. Yep, he shows up in the ring and that was a good pop though to hear in the fucking guitar. Um I'm looking forward to Jonah and Okada. I have no idea who the opponent will be. And doesn't it scream to you that Kushida gets the win here? Right? And then sets up a future challenge. Like there's no like yeah I mean if it stays as a special singles match then that would make sense I guess yeah so they're not going to change but, the belt yeah and then they save uh, it. unless unless Kushida loses and then he snaps and turns heel ooh 
Ooh. I still think he's got to get that revenge win, though. I think there's still a feud there to be had, and then he turns. Uh, do you think that's happening? Do you think that turn's happening? He should do. I mean, yeah. the guy, no heat whatsoever. Even on the cheering show, when he appeared, he just... Yeah. Yeah, that, that that this has been a disappointment so far, I will say. But it does seem like things are picking up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it does feel... Boy, you sometimes forget he's even there. Sometimes forget he's even there. Yep. Um, here's a good question. No username says, with the emergence of Finley and guys like Despy, what are your thoughts on late bloomers? When is it time to give up on a guy? And when is it time to pigeonhole them into a certain spot? Wow, uh, that is a very good question, actually. Who was that? This was no username. No user. Uh, one of our disc- Discord users. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good question. No username. Hmm. I, um, pro wrestling's weird <laughs> in that there are, are other factors aside from uh, in-ring ability that play factors. Um, something as stupid as oh, I bought the Booker lunch one time, so now he really likes me, so he's going to put me on every fucking card. Or in other more you know, lower-ranked promotions, I sold 100 tickets, so I'm going to win this belt, which has happened in the past five years for a wrestling promotion in Japan, not New Japan. Um. So there are other factors involved. Um yeah, I mean I think I think across the board in in every promotion there are those times when it's like okay, we got to we got to cut this guy loose because he's just not what we thought he could be or you know, he doesn't want to be what we thought he could be. Uh So yes, um, there is a time to, to when that is really depends on, you know, who they are and, and what they've done and what kind of relationship they have with the office and all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think there, there absolutely is a time to, to cut ties and, and wish you well in your future endeavors. Um, and, and here's the thing too with that. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, because truth be told, you can, and you know, you could take the Cody Rhodes model and kind of reinvent yourself and up your game and up your stock and, you know, kind of give yourself a new coat of paint. So I don't always think it's a bad thing. It, it forces people's hands and I don't want people to lose their jobs, but in, in the same breath, look, you got guys in that locker room that, I know everybody wants to be kumbaya and everybody wants to be fucking, you know, oh, one for all. And, one, and I know it's just, this is pro wrestling and everybody wants those few spots and everybody's fighting for that, those few spots because that puts more money in their fucking pocket. Um, and when you get rid of those type of people that are are not performing, uh, that that allows people to grow and that allows people to slide into those spots and get opportunities to take the ball and run with it. So I think that's that's a uh, – I think it's actually a positive thing, shockingly enough. 
Yeah, I mean, there's I think sort of two different flavors this comes in. There's guys who have been delivering at a certain level who then suddenly up their game and surprise you, which I, you know, I will put David Finney in that category. And I like being wrong about things like that. I like having new evidence and a guy working harder or just finding something that clicks and decide me changing my opinion about him. I think, uh, you know, we don't want to be stuck in the mindset where we dig our heels in and stick to our original takes because we want to be right all the time. No, I like being proved wrong. And then there's guys like Despy who I've always enjoyed and, and Tai Chi and people like that who were just not given the opportunities and I could see the talent and the ability there, but they just weren't given the ability to showcase it yet. So, um, yeah, I think there's the two varieties that comes in and, and both appreciated it. I mean, wrestling's always a what have you done for me lately kind of business for me. And so I enjoy the way that it's organic and my opinions can be fluid and change as people sort of slide up and down as, as far as their output goes. I agree. And, and I think one of the hardest things to do, Joel, is to have a guy who is, you know, maybe a lower mid-card guy and turn them into a star in a, in a, in a top of the card kind of guy and somebody that people care about. Um, I think it's much easier to have somebody debut in that spot and, you know, away we go. But the ideas of, of reeducating fans, us included, um, to, you know, see what people have in those type of spots. I think that's a good thing. Like it keeps things fresh. It keeps things interesting. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I think it, I think it's a good thing. Okay, let's uh, have a discussion about Royal Quest 2. Oh. So I'll read the cards first and then we've got a lot of questions about them. So this is uh, Saturday and Sunday, this weekend's the Crystal Palace National Sports Centre. So day one, we've got Gabriel Kidd versus Dan Maloney. Gideon Gray and Greg O'Connor against Michael Oku and Ricky Knight Jr. We have Kanji and Jazzy Gabba against Alex Windsor and Ava White. Hiromu Sanada, Naito versus Doki, Despi and ZSJ. Ishii and Okada versus Badu, Tita and Jonah. Jado, Hikuleo, Tanahashi and Tamatonka against Gedo, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Jay White. IWGP Tag Team Championship match. FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood defending against Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. And the main event, a special singles match, Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino. So that's night one. Night two, we've got Doki and Despi versus Robbie X and Michael Oku. Hiromu and Sanada against Luke Jacob and Ethan Adam. We have the IWGP Women's Tournament first round, Jazzy Gabbert against Ava White. Then we have Ricky Knight Jr., Gabriel Kidd, Shota Umino, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood against Gideon Gray, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, Greg O'Connor and Will Ospreay. Fifth match, Hikaleo Tanahashi, Tamatonga versus Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson and Jay White. Sixth match, Okada versus Bad Dude Tito. Seventh match, Ishii against Jonah. And eighth match, Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. So we've heard the cards. Now a lot of questions, a lot of discourse about these cards. So Parker says, do you think New Japan would have been better off advertising Royal Quest as a mid-tier house show than charging ticket prices to match that instead of how they went about it? Have they ruined some of the goodwill that coming back after three years would have got them? Rob, is Royal Quest 2 more of a New Japan cross over Rev Pro rather than a New Japan event. Will this be the end of Shota's excursion? Are you looking forward to seeing any of the Rev Pro guys? I'm more excited to see them on a bigger stage than the New Japan side of things. Matthew says on Royal Quest 2, there's one decent show there diluted over two nights. Why do New Japan prefer to milk a small number of diehard fans instead of booking a proper show in a decent building? Royal Quest 1 was an amazing experience. Royal Quest 2 is a drag. The 2022 New Japan experience in a nutshell. Bash says, as a person who's off to both nights of Royal Quest... Man is a bit disappointed 
We've all got RevPro people appearing on the show, and it's not feeling like a proper New Japan show. Is this due to New Japan lending RevPro equipment like they used to do with the ROH shows back in the day? Only getting one title defense on a show over two nights is a bit annoying too. Do you think New Japan are relying too much on the brand name now to shift tickets before the cards are set? So do you agree with those points, Damon? When you look at those two cards, do you think this is underwhelming for you? The majority of it is. Um, There are... There are glimmers of hope that tag match should be tremendous. Naito and and Zach, that should be that should be awesome. And then a ton of mixed man, multi man tag matches. And this is their first time setting foot there in London, outside London, suburban London. Uh, in many years, and it, and I feel sorry for those people who were expecting one thing and spent the money in advance, not knowing the card, because they trusted that the company would do right by them, sticking with them, and uh, it doesn't feel that way. I can understand a lot of people's disappointment. I will say this. This is a opportunity for a lot of those Rev Pro guys to shine. And I'm sure they'll have a lot of eyeballs from New Japan. Giving a look, peeking through the curtain, seeing what they can do. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, uh, I'm not going to say a tryout, but I'm sure that those Rev Pro wrestlers um, want to put their best foot forward and they have the opportunity to do that. So that's a good thing. Uh, do you have any idea what the ticket prices were, Joel? Uh, I don't, I'm afraid, but not cheap by the sounds of things. Um, again, sure. without the numbers in front of me, it's difficult for me to comment, but... It's... Uh, I mean, look, those are not sexy shows. Am am I right, Joel? I I don't. I kind of like them, Damon. There's a lot of matches on there that I am hand waving, but there's a lot I think to be excited about there. Like, for example, Gabriel Kidd comeback match. Like Gabe Kidd versus Dan Maloney. That will be really, really good. I think that will surprise a lot of people. They're going to beat the shit out of each other. And I'm also, like you said, I'm looking at the RevPro guys. This could very well be one of the biggest shows that I've ever been on in front of a a hot crowd. I think, you know, they're they're going to be working their socks off. And I think having that noisy crowd is also going to rub off on the New Japan regulars who, again, they're, they're sick of work at the clap crowd. So I think they're going to be putting in extra effort for the UK fans. And we may get a situation similar to Forbidden Door, where we looked at the card for that, hand-waved it, but there was such a great energy in the building that rubbed off on the wrestlers, everyone had their working boots on, and it massively over-delivered. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen here. I mean, I'm, anything, well, we've got multi-man tag matches with Carl Anderson and, and Ghetto involved. <laughs> you know, I can't get too excited about that. But, you know, that the tag team championship match, I think that'll be fantastic. I think these are two of the best tag teams in the world right now. Agreed. Osprey versus Shota Umino, that's a terrific match. I'm 
you know, very excited to see what Shota's capable of against, uh, uh, you know, one of the best in the world like Will Ospreay. Agreed. And, yeah, looking at the second second night, again, so it's kind of, we've got this structure where we've got the Rev Pro guys early on. So I think we're going to have a hot start. I think they've put them in early on for a reason. I think it's going to get the energy up. And then it hits on paper a bit of a lull in the middle where we get the big sort of bloated multi-man tag matches. But then again, night two towards the, the top of that card, Okada versus Tito, Ishii versus Jonah. Like there's no way that's not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, good point. People are going to love that. And then Naito versus Zach is always good. And Zach in front of his home fans, Zach adds a little extra dynamic there. I'd be very interested to see how they sort of play up the heel face dynamics in that one. I... Honestly, I think I'll be surprised if people walk away from those shows thinking, well, that was rubbish. I think it's going to... I'm quite quietly optimistic on this. I think they're going to really be very good shows. I think everyone there will have their working shoes on. I think the crowd, you're right, will take it to the next level. Um, how about how about uh, your boy Tito in a big yeah. spot again? Yeah. Again. Andy so, right, says, so, uh, after Bad Dude Tito quickly dispatches of Okada on night two of Rome, because what title do you think he'll be challenged for? Straight to KOVW or start small potatoes with the world championships? I mean, not for nothing, as you would say, Damon. Singles match against Okada. This guy is, again, we notice it because we're Shinohan freaks. We, you know, we know what's up, but, you know, this is quietly flying under the radar the, the waves that Bad Dude Tito is making in New Japan a singles match in London against Okada. That is, you know, even exceeding my admittedly high expectations for the man when I saw him on Strong and I was like, look, this this is a dude. This is a bad dude. <laughs> Pay attention to the bad dude. But singles match with Okada in London, that is, yeah. that is quite remarkable, I think. Yeah, the company really likes this guy. They, I mean, it's obvious, right? It's obvious at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I look. I, I think the undercard. I struggle with. I struggle with a lot of those tag matches, of course. Um, what, is it one title defense over two nights? Yes, tag. Yeah, it's just the tag team titles being defended. The Osprey's not defending the US title against Shota Umino. But I mean, even if he was, I, I don't think that's something that I'm going to be you know, crying into my cornflakes over. Because if it was a US title defense, am I buying Shota Umino beating Osprey for that? Absolutely not. Right. I don't think I'd have a snowball's chance in hell of beating him. So it doesn't matter whether the title's there or it's not there. It's Osprey versus Shota Umino. We know Osprey is going to, you know, break his back. As I said before, he's going to be doing everything he can to make Shota look great in front of those fans. And again, in front of Osprey's own fans in, in, in his backyard. So... I don't care whether that's a singles match, title match, whatever. That's I think is going to be fantastic. How can it not be? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let's just say ringside seats are a hundred pounds, British sterling. Is it worth it? I think so. Yeah. But again, I'm a pervert. <laughs> I'm a freak. I'm the person who looks and I. I I am an optimist. I tend to see the best in these matches, but just based on evidence that I've seen from these wrestlers in the past and what I saw at Forbidden Door, I think we've got a, a similar situation going on here. I think a lot of people are going to be walking away 
a lot of people will be talking about, I think, a lot of the RevPro guys thinking, wow, you know, I've never seen these guys before. They, they're pretty fucking good. And again, those matches at the top of the cards, I'm very confident that they're going to deliver in spades. So if it's a hundred pounds, yeah, I, personally, I, for ringside, again, <laughs> this is just a number that you pulled out of your ass, right. admittedly, but I think that would be fair. Yeah. Okay. I think you're going to have a, a wonderful time. Anyway, if you, if you have tickets to the show, don't, be glum. I think you're going to have a wonderful weekend. I would agree. And I will say this, that every time they have come to the States post-pandemic, Washington, Philadelphia, those shows were good. You know, it wound up being good. And on paper, it's probably, you know, some of the stuff might not have, you know, going into it, looked as sexy as possible. Yeah, I think it, here's the thing. Here's what you, here's what I guarantee you're going to get. You're going to get guys and young ladies with their working boots on, wanting to put on a show, wanting to impress and get work on the undercard. Yes, you are going to get multi-man tags, but here's the thing. Those things, a lot of times they work. You know what I mean? You, you, it, it, you know, it doesn't. They work. They know how to do them. They've done enough of them. And the, and the top of the cards, you know, you're going to get some good fucking pro wrestling. So, yeah. All right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There's nowhere we can see these goddamn shows, right? Yeah, that is correct. That is going to be my sticking point. And I do have the prices here. Uh, I found them. Andrew sent them to me on the Discord. So they're ranging from 30 to 120. So the ringside seats are 100, 120 pounds. Okay. The cheapest ones in the stands are 30 quid. Personally, I think that's reasonable. I, I think yeah, you're going to come away from that thinking you've got your money's worth. But yeah, so Multiverse says on a scale of one to 10, how disappointed are you that you won't be able to watch Royal Quest 2 live? Why do you think they made this decision? Sorry, I've just got Esther's come to see me. Why do you think they made this decision to not have it live on Worlds or fights? Does it have anything to do with the disaster that was Royal Quest 1 on fight? Now, th- this is the big thing where I'm scratching my head because... Not having this show live just sends out a message that it's not a big deal. And I think that is the absolutely the wrong message. I don't know what's going on. No one's been able to give a clear reason for this, but it seems the only way to watch this is just going to be to sit on our hands and wait for it to come out on New Japan World. You know, who knows how, how much longer it's going to be? Days, weeks? I have no idea. So that is, a, I think, a huge misstep here. I, I cannot believe that there is no way to watch these shows live. In this day and age, I, I would agree. And I'll also say, though, like, those shows are some of the worst produced shows in in all of wrestling. Like, they love the shaky cam. They love, uh, you know, I don't know what, I don't know where they get the crew, but it's it's a rough watch sometimes. Uh, That's not to say that the video on demand would be any better, you know, in post-production. It is disappointing. Um, I don't know what it costs to put on a show, satellite, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to say this. This wouldn't have happened under Harold May. This show would be broadcasted. I think I knocked you all out. 
I think I, I, I am still here. I've just I've got a very sleepy little girl wriggling around oh, on my lap. So. Right. What does she think about Harold? May? <laughs> Esther, what do you think about Harold May? Who do you think has been a, a better chief so far, Harold May or Obari? Mm-hmm. Do you think Royal Quest Two would have got a live broadcast under Harold May's stewardship? Yes. I do. Staring at me blank. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Hello, Esther. Say hi, Uncle Damon. Nothing. She's no selling. She's it. sleepy. Come on, it's very early there. Yeah. You're asking a lot of the poor girl. Um, I just here and again. I don't know the costs involved. I don't know what kind of reserves the company has. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Again, somebody sent out like Bushy Roads financials. Bushiro did pretty well. I, I, I saw. I saw growth in, in New Japan's profitability as well uh, with live shows and so forth. So, again, they're not making money that they made two or three years ago. But, um, look, I don't know what the fucking infrastructure is. But I think this should be live. I, I'm flabbergasted that it's not. Uh, you know, Kevin Kelly's not even going. You know? That's doesn't that doesn't that tell you like how they how important they feel. Here's the biggest problem I have, Joel. Joel, I, I you have a large group of fans over there across the pond, as they say, uh, that are, were, are are chomping at the bit for New Japan Pro Wrestling to entertain, and this is they you know this is it's this is. The, like if this is great, if this is a great show, you're only hurting yourself by not broadcasting it. The the shine wears off very quickly. You know, people's attention. Yeah, like imagine if, if if these matches knock it out of the park and all the live fans are coming out saying, "Oh my god!" You know, you've got to see FTR and Aussie Open. You've got to see Osprey versus Umino. These were match of the year candidates, and then. We've got to wait like two weeks for them. That's a disaster. It's a disaster. I agree. I don't know. Again, I don't know what kind of money it takes, but it does seem like a misstep. It really does. And I and and again, I will say that the people that are in attendance bought tickets. I I, I promise you, you're going to walk out of there, and it's going to be a good show. Promise you. I would be shocked if it wasn't. I think everyone else. Everyone else sitting at home, gonna have to wait <laughs> in the year twenty twenty two. Yeah, and it makes me reluctant to really sort of break this down and make predictions and stuff because it's just going to be old news. But you know, we can sit here and say, "Oh, do you think the tag titles are going to change hands?" But if we're not going to get to see the match for a fortnight, you know, what's what's the point? But uh, I will give you this uh, bit of information from our Stardom correspondent Welky, who says uh, Jazzy Gabba is the stepdaughter of Masahiro Chono. She was the second ever world champion of stardom, beating co-founder of the promotion Nane Takahashi in early 2013. After almost two-year-long reign, she had stints in MMA, did NXT UK for WWE. She's been in European, particularly German wrestling scene. And Ava is a new wrestler, a rookie, seems to be physically gifted. Rest of the tournament matches will take place on stardom shows. Uh, Kyrie is the third international participant. 
who will face the winner of this match on the 23rd of October in Japan. So, and, and I've also seen some rumours and whispers about Sasha Banks coming to stardom. I don't know if that's just hearsay. I, I will believe that when I see it, but I'm certainly interested to see how this tournament plays out and see what the offering is for historic crossover, where, of course, hopefully we'll get Wilkie on the show to help us break it down. And then the first ever IWGP women's title defence at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, you know, even if this opening tournament match is not one that jumps off the page as being exciting, I think the addition of Kyrie to this tournament makes me think, yeah, we, we've got something exciting to look forward to eventually. Um, a few questions here then. Andrew says, since they've both got big matches coming up, comparison, Damon, Shota Umino or Ren Narita? I do like Shota. And I I like Ren too. So it's like Ren. I like, I, I think, I, I know it's early to say. <laughs> Who would I go? Shota? Who's going to be a bigger star, Joel? I think Shota. I could see, yeah, Shota. I, could, I think. At the moment, I think Ren is the better worker, but I think Shota has bigger upside. I I, I agree. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. And that doesn't mean that at the end of the day, that when it's all said and done, you know, one guy is better than the other. Um, that could flip flop many times over. Yeah, I think right now though, that's a stud. And I will say this. New Japan could use a home run here because I don't know about you. Like, is Evil the last guy that come out of there? Um, no, probably. Is who Evil was? Hey, well, e- evil and Okan are the two Japanese heavyweights. Uh huh. For for to, to, to come out of the dojo. Jay White yeah. was first, right? Yes, but I mean, in terms of Japanese heavyweights, okay. it's just Evil and Okan in recent years. Uh, we've got questions on this, actually. So Antonio says, with Hikuleo returning to New Japan to become an upper mid-carder, apparently, with Ren Narita, when is Shota Umino returning? And personally, would at New Year Dash, but won't because New Japan loves Okada to death. You know, like WWE with Roman Reigns. When do you guys think Shota will return? And what's the trajectory of all those two guys, Shota and Ren, main event, mid-card, low-card, or Master Watto 2.0, 3.0? And... Unknown Untold says we've been hearing and seeing a lot of good things from this group of young lines currently on excursion. When they come back to New Japan, do you see them returning one at a time or as a unified faction to take on the older vets? I think now that we've seen Ren Narrator, he's going to come back at Declaration of Power. It seems that they're going to come back one by one. Yeah. So if I had to guess for Shota Umino, I, mean, I would love to see him back at Wrestle Kingdom in a singles match with Chris Jericho because they put in the groundwork for that. I think Jericho would be a terrific opponent to help make a star at a Shota at the Tokyo Dome. So, yeah, I think Wrestle Kingdom would be a good returning spot for Shota Umino. And in terms of trajectory, like Ren Narita, I could see being an upper mid-card guy, like a sort of Hiroki Goto-level career, but not never actually winning the big one. Shota Umino, though, I think anything less than IWGP, future IWGP champion, would be a disappointment considering all the advantages he has. I think I think both of them... I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them at the top of it. I'm going to give them the uh, Quato bump. <laughs> I'm going to give them the uh, uh, projection. I, I just, I, I think they both have it. 
I think they both will be at the top of the card, you know, sooner than later. Um, and, 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 and honestly, it really does depend on how they're introduced, reintroduced. And it does matter like what program they're in out of the gate. I, again, I like Doki. Uh, he's one of our favorite fucking guys, right? Master Watto, that debut, and again, COVID crowds, blah, blah, blah. That was, that left a little bit to be desired, didn't it? Uh, I, in the beginning, I don't know if everybody was on board with Rapunky 3K. Uh, evil, I think just being in Los Ingobernables helped. Uh, it depends, you know, it depends on how they they do it. Um, that that matters a lot. So they, I think they both have the talent. It's really. Here's a question for you. By the time, well, I was going to say by the time they get back, but they're going to get back sooner than than. I, I, I'm worried a little bit. I'm worried a little bit. I'll, I'll give you a, a little concern I have with New Japan right now. Is Ghetto's time as Booker or head Booker or whatever you want to call it, head of the committee, whatever the fuck you want to call it? Are, are, do we need do we need a fresh blood? Do we need a, do we need another? Do we need a change in the buck on where the buck stops? I think all of these things need freshening up from time to time. I'm not saying get rid of ghetto, but you know, new voices in the room and fresh perspectives is always good for these sorts of things. I think, you know, creatively it's, it's you know, you see it happen with TV shows. If you've got the same people writing the same TV show for decades and decades, then yeah, eventually things are going to start to get stale and repetitive. So I'm not necessarily saying get ghetto out of there, but just, you know, let's get some new voices in the room to freshen up the committee. Yeah. We need a new Kikuchi. Oh, we need a new Kikuchi. I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's put ourselves forward. We can write the Kikuchi moments. I feel like uh, I feel like we could do it. The hardest part, though, is not coming up with ideas. Let, let, let that be known. The hardest part is agreeing or getting the wrestlers to agree with what you have booked. <laughs> That's That really is the challenge. Um I don't know. I like you look at the history of pro wrestling and things have changed. You know, Ghetto's been there a long time. And, you know, there's only so many fucking ideas you have. Uh I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I wonder about that. And again, I'm giving him all the rope in the world because of what he's been able to produce and deliver and no matter who's putting in input, you know, he the buck stops with him. Uh I don't know. Sometimes I think uh, a fresh a fresh perspective is in order, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay, before I get out of here and start getting ready for work, me and Esther are going to give you the strong news dump. All so right. there's two shows I have to talk about. So the first show we had Adrian Quest versus Peter Avalon. So Peter Avalon was making his debut, looking like a a Jax Tom Savini. I did sort of get the feeling here, like maybe the the AWC shows are starting to bleed into strong a bit too regularly. I would love to see a bit more of the strong regulars than the AW bottom feeders, but th- this was fine. I mean, 
Young Fuego, I think, deserves better than this, but uh, the, the match was okay. Hashtag good match. Uh, Cody Chun and Jordan Cruz against Filthy Tom and Jao Kratos. We've seen uh, Cody Chun before, but this is the first time we actually saw a bit of swagger from him. And uh, it's difficult to make an impression when you're basically a jobber. But those little moments of character and attitude stand out. And this one did make an impression on me here. And you know what? Filthy Tom gave these boys a lot. You know, he's the big star coming back from his G1 run. He didn't have to do this, but he took some big bumps in there for Chun and Cruz. And I think Tom is an underrated, very selfless worker. Uh, as usual, great power spots by J.R. Kratos. He's got to be on the next round of call-ups for Japan. I would love to see him in World Tag League because, you know, he's worked in Japan before for All Japan, but I want to see him in front of the New Japan crowd because I think he would get over massively with them. We have Rapongi Vice, Kushida and Taylor Rust against Juice, Jay White, Hikuleo and Chase, which was, as you'd expect, very fun match, high-paced, lots of cool spots. And this is a match that set the table for Hikuleo's turn because he was about to choke slam Taylor Rust, but then Jay White ran in, hit a Saito suplex, and then demanded to be tagged in for the blade run and the finish. And at the end, you had Hikoleo side-eyeing Jay White, saying, what are you doing, man? You know, I, I had it. I had this guy. Uh, of course, if we'd recorded before the Kobe show, I would have told you all the Hikoleo turn was imminent, but My I've bad. been screwed out of another win here, Damon. <laughs> <but, laughs> uh, we have Kita against Q- QT Martial. Um, I like both of these guys. Uh, Kita, I think, has a lot of upside, and... QT, Marshall, I think has been built very well as the resonant shitbag heel on Strong. I think he's played a good role here, despite what I've said about AEW bleeding into Strong. I think it helps that he looks like Alex Jones. Uh, and this got even better when Shota Umino cut a promo on him in English. So we're going towards a QT Marshall versus Shota Umino match, which I think would be pretty good because the QT Marshall versus Carl Frederick single match before Carl threw his career in the shitter and decided to be a DJ, uh, that QT Marshall Carl Fredericks match was actually really good and it's a shame nobody watched it and Carl oh. Fredericks obviously thought it was below him because uh, I thought QT Marshall did a good job both with a few with the feud <laughs> both with the feud and the, the match itself go and ask mummy say wake up mummy it's time for breakfast let's see how this one goes yeah, down I might go get well. slapped here she busted open the door <laughs> so we what had the a- fuck <laughs> <laughs> Shane Hayes, uh, Badu Tito against Yu Emra and Christopher Daniels. Uh, Yuya against Badu Tito is a singles match I didn't know I wanted until I saw this tag match. Uh, one thing I do love about Tito and JR Kratos is their extremely shiny gear. You don't see very shiny gear very often, that very sort of you know X-Men style spandex. Uh, I would like to see more of it, personally. And at the end of this match, Christopher Daniels turned on Yuya, which I'm assuming would have been a spot for the DJ. But now Yuya's getting that feud, which I think is going to be really good for Yuya Uemura, because Daniels is absolutely slowing down, and he's doing that kind of waddle for uh, very old... It's not very old, but older wrestlers who have got bad hips. But he can still go, and I think Yuya will learn a lot from feuding with him. Now, the match I wanted to spend uh, a little while talking about was Jacob Austin Young, a.k.a. my boy, Jay Cafe, with his match against Ren Narito. This is less than five minutes, but honestly, this is one of the best sub-five-minute matches I've ever seen on Strong. They they pack so much into this. And, and, you know, we know what Ren Narito is capable of. He's on his way home soon. But for a four-minute match, I mean, this had so much in it. It was nasty. There were chops. The, the striker was great. The kicks, the elbows, mixed up with some really silky transitions, some big crunching suplexes. And... For the time it went, I definitely w- worth going out of your way to watch. It was a very engaging sprint. Now, I want to talk about Jacob Austin Young because this is a guy who's a 10-year veteran. He's worked uh, Future Stars of Wrestling. He's worked OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. That's where I first saw him doing this brilliant gimmick of uh, like a Seattle 
coffee hipster stuff. I'd love to see some more of that. Yeah, but uh, we'll see how this one continues because New Japan Strong is the place for undiscovered talent to step up and get some shine and get that prestigious seal of approval. You know, the, the stonk investment from the Super J cast. I think our record speaks for itself. So this is my next mission, Damon. You know, we've got, we, we turned Bad Tito into a superstar yep. to the point at which he's getting singles matches with Okada. Let's do it for Jacob Boston Young. I want him best of the super genius next year. Let's fucking do it. I think the crusade starts here. Getting on the ground floor. I mean, you, you know how wrestlers in New Japan love that deep storytelling, you know, where they, you know, dip back into their personas of yesteryear to overcome their big rivals. You know, Naito busting out the Stardust Press. Yano with the MVP dyed hair with his big match uh, when he was uh, doing the KOPW. So how about Best of the Super Juniors Final 2023, Jacob Austin Young striding to the ring for his big moment, sipping on a latte to remember where he comes from. Now we're talking. Now we're Let's talking. wake up and smell the coffee on Jacob Austin Young. I don't know. Did you see this, Damon? I didn't see it yet. No, that that is something. Oh, I that, that is your homework for next week. I, I you promise you I will watch. Week. I promise. I swear on... Four minutes. No excuse not to. Well, listen. You know, I am... Well, I had... <laughs> a terrible week. Uh, okay, yes, but I will definitely do it. And and I will say this: you are uh, you are known to lead the charge, and you know you, you're you are not bashful to uh, point out the next person. So you have anointed, you have crowned, you have given the seal of approval. Everyone should go out of their way and watch. Let's give it a look. Let's see if Joel's right again. Uh, the final match from Strong was uh, Taichi Ishimori versus Alan Angels. Uh, it's a dominant win for Ishimori. I like what I saw from Angels. This is a guy, he's very young. He's only 24. He's no longer with AEW. So this is a big chance for him to, you know, possibly make New Japan Strong his home. So getting a match against Ishimori off the bat is nothing to sniff at. And afterwards, Ishimori called out Leo Rush. So... That will be an interesting one to keep an eye on going forward uh, if Leo Rush makes his comeback and if he gets involved in the IWGP junior heavyweight scene. So that is your strong report. And I need to get ready and go to work. So let's wrap it up there. Damon McDonald. Uh, Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to give us money to fund our trips to Japan. Discord link, you can send me a direct message on Twitter and you can join our wonderful community we've got there at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. Thank you, as always, to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Let's go Arsenal for the big North London derby this weekend. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and goodbye.